I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. a lizard. I named him Toe Jam because he had big toes. You punched a goose. That was entrapment. You were there deliberately lowering the goose towards you. You know, tandems, I've always said, are relationship magnifiers. I could do it with a new husband. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Mark here. Now, just before we start this week's episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Ola Dance. If you're looking for earbuds while riding, Oladance wearable stereo are the ones you need. The unique open-ear design of Oladance allows you to listen to your favourite music when riding, yet still hear your surroundings to keep you safe. Now, what interested me is that unlike bone conduction headphones, their open-ear design and multi-support design means your ears will never get tired or fatigued, even after two hours or more of listening. They also don't interfere with your helmet and glasses when you're putting on all your gear. Plus, the dynamic driver the earbuds use is three times bigger than most headphones, which allows them to deliver superior sound. The 16 hours long-lasting battery can last for your whole day. Just visit oladance.com forward slash STW and use the code STW30 to save 20% on your purchase. That's oladance.com, O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E dot com forward slash STW and the code STW30. Get yours now. Hello and welcome to this week's Single Track World podcast. I'm Hannah Dobson and here today we have... Amanda. Do I need... I'm not really good at this. Do I need to say my surname? Well, it depends if you want to be like Jesus and share or not. I lisp when I say my surname. Amanda Wishart. There we go. <laughs> Best intro. <laughs> and... And Chips Chippendale, editor at large, currently in the um, in office uh, studio. I'm in the office for a change, and I'm in the special studio that we have set up here, which is basically the changing room. 
because it's the <laughs> quietest room we have. So I'm here with the damp towels and the uh, wet shoes of the single track office. Luckily, it being a Monday, it's not too not too fetid in there. <laughs> okay, so so uh, let's see. Where shall we start? Should we start further back in time with last week where I was? That oh yeah, Chips is doing like hand movements. Um, so I so I was off on a bike launch that I'm still not going to talk about. But Chips and Amanda have also been to this same location, uh, so Massa Maritima in Tuscany, in northern Italy. So when I went, it rained fairly epically. How was it for you two? When did I go? You, you went. You went. It was when COVID. COVID. You yeah. escaped. COVID you had together. to get into a running van and non-stop drive until the Channel Tunnel. So um, maybe that was February a shorter experience. 2019. It was dry. I remember it was dry because I had a lizard in my room. Um, oh. That doesn't mean it was dry because of the lizard, but that's... <laughs> Lizards, there's well-known water sucker-uppers. Coming, coming back to <laughs> me as we talk. Yes, it was dry. I had a lizard. I named him Toe Jam because he had big toes, like suckers on the wall. Um, oh, was it a gecko? A gecko, that's it. Ah. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Why so did you random. invite me today? <laughs> <laughs> because everyone needs cheering up on a day like today. It's always good to have some. Oh, dear. Some... Okay, so, so did you have a weather lizard, Chips? I didn't have a lizard, actually. Uh, I've been a couple of times and I went once when it had chucked it down with rain and I've and been another time when it was dry and dusty and very lovely. Um, oh, but it's I've this... Not to... <laughs> oh dear. You've broken Hannah. It used to be me that got uncontrollable giggles. Oh dear. Now I have face palm. That's good. Well, I'll I'll just keep talking if, if no one else is capable of it. We're broken. Wow. Yeah, it's um, Massa, Marit Mar Massa Maritima, which has too many T's in it, I think. Um, mm, I've spelled it wrong every time I've tried to type it. Tuscany, about an hour north of Pisa. And it's this lovely collection of, as you expect, kind of Tuscan rolling wooded hills. And it just happens to be a home for a bunch of really enthusiastic mountain bike trail builders and bike riders. And so there's this fab uh, network of trails all, all around the hills and all of the hotels and hostels and places around all seem to be amazing agriturismo, incredible organic food from just down the road kind of places. And it's mm. it's a great place and no one's heard of it. And uh, more people well, need to go there. Well, apparently all the tourists that go there are German or Swiss. Mm. Um, and in fact... Yeah. Um, the the hotel I stayed at, uh, Thomas Frischneck's house was was out the back. He he had a holiday house in the garden, right. the other side of the of the vineyard. That was uh, yeah. Frischy's house. So it yeah. it is a great place. Yeah, I I thought it was quite um, British in in lots of ways, like the 
the trails were well i guess a lot of well like they are around here a, tra- a lot of the trails were like really historic trails that had been there forever and then yeah. the trail builders had gone in and sort of tickled them a bit rather than them being like super sculpted with loads of features and things in mm-hmm. um so and obviously i had quite british weather so. yes yeah i've I've done a, a feature in the past about riding in i think a little further north in tuscany and everyone thinks Tuscany is, is you know, where you go with your open top sports car and, and it's all mega expensive. But um, northern Tuscany is pretty uh, reasonable because it's it's just an old working landscape. And there's a lot of, I don't know, paper mills and, and sort of, of old industry. And mm. there are all these little paths that link up all the villages uh, that then they built the, the roads between the villages and the paths still exist. And... Uh, so my guide said, you know, if you if you ever want to know where all the good trails are, you, you find a, a little old lady and ask her because she will obviously remember going to school from one, one village to another and using all these old paths. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a fantastic network of trails there and normally great weather. Well, yeah. And it's other... I completely lost my internal compass. We kept, like, left turning left when I thought I'd have to turn right. And stuff. Right. It was it was very strange. Yeah. Is that uh, you or uh, the area? I'm usually quite good at finding my way. Yeah. I just like maybe it was because you were descending for so long. It just made you lose track of time and space. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> just like down and down, like two and a half, three kilometer descents are like entirely normal. Yes. Um, ah, so maybe you got into a flow state. And then you didn't remember what had just happened. I don't know if it was a flow state. I definitely did a trail that was one of those where you, it's like playing chess and you're looking at three places ahead so that you, because you can't just clear the next feature, you've got to clear the next feature and be in the right place for the one after that, which means yes, not necessarily taking wrong. the easiest line off the next feature. Yeah. And you can't even stop to think like, oh, I'm having a good time because then you've used the bit of brain that you needed to plan three features ahead. Yeah. There you go. Flow state, definite. I don't think that's flow state. Flow state's where you just go, la 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 la. That's, that's like enduro think... focus state. No, I think, well, maybe it's different for everyone. Flow. St- I think I've only had flow state once because I got to the end of a trail in the Alps and Reese turned around and was saying, oh, wow, that was amazing. What did you think of this bit and this bit? And I just looked at him and said, I don't remember any of what I've just ridden. I just had a big smile on my face. It's where the bike takes over, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has to be Thank difficult you. enough to be challenging, but not too difficult to be terrifying. So you you need to be engaged, but but competent enough to, to do it so that you're not kind of terrified. Mm. I actually thought I'd got in a flow state on Tuesday last week on the night ride, but it was actually the 75 kilometre an hour wind was just blowing me. I thought, wow, this is going really well, and then realised, oh, I'm not in control at all. And <laughs> just the wind. And have to go home, yeah, yeah. uphill. I got blown, nearly blown off my cargo bike in that wind the other day. Like, it caught me sideways as I passed a, a gap in, a, in some houses, and it blew me across the road uh, in a fairly alarming way, which is quite a feat on a cargo bike. They're not mm. so. 
Yes, I think you can you can tell that the people who design all these sort of deep section aero rims don't live anywhere with stone walls with gates, because <laughs> uh, that's instant straight across the road into oncoming traffic. Yeah. Anyway, so the so yeah, I was I was in Tuscany. People can read about that at some point in the future. Uh, so people can read about the bikes at some point in the future as well. Chips, you were. Uh, on your travels at the London Bike Show, weren't you? Yes, you yes, I've been doing a, a zipping around the country a fair amount. Um, yes, I went to London Bike Show at Alexandra Palace, which is a real pain to get to from anywhere, it seems, unless you live in Alexandra Especially Palace. France. <laughs> yes. But even, I, I was going from Somerset, which in theory is the south, and, you know, everything should be five minutes apart in, in once you're in the south. But it took me three trains to get to London and then I think three three or four trains to get to Alexandra Palace and then a ten minute walk up a big hill. So that was uh that was a bit of a challenge. Um yes, it was it was sort of on a scale of of British bike shows where there were maybe two biggish show halls. Uh, one was mm-hmm. entirely full of uh e bikes and sort of uh like a theatre um, interview station, and then the other room was was what you would normally expect at a at a British bike show. So there were a lot of you know ice and distribution were there with Renthal and one of Aaron Gwynn's bikes and things. That was that was pretty fun. Um, Hunt Wheels, um, Mavic, uh, yeah, you know, there was there was enough to kind of keep you amused, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. but I did um, pay six pounds what- fifty for a Scotch egg. Yeah, <laughs> and were there like a good selection of pro bikes and things to look at, or are those all been poached by Sea Otter because it's kind of clashes? Um, uh, there was an Aaron Gwynn bike, and there were I think Chris Carl was going to be there on one of the days, um, yeah. and there were some very nice uh, kind of gravel bikes and. And that kind of stuff, but yeah, in terms of mountain bike things, London bike shows are generally quite um, sort of poor pickings because um, because that's not really the focus of most of the people that go to the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we've exhibited in the past the single track in the, at the London bike show, we always found that that uh, the mountain bikers were super excited to see us because I think being a mountain biker in London takes a, a quite a lot of dedication because you have to you know leave the city to go anywhere um and and you've just made bad life choices if you're a mountain biker in london (laughs) imagine how much more bike you could afford if you didn't live in london for starters and pay six pounds fifty for a scotch egg yeah yes and whatever it was was it soft inside it was that's what you paid for uh is it okay right i don't eat them (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even a vegan or vegetarian, but I don't eat them. They're just wrong. I I had to describe uh, Scotch eggs to a vegetarian American friend of mine, which was quite a challenge. He was like, "Okay, so tell me about these Scottish eggs again." I was like, "Well, you get this egg, and you cover it in pork, and then breadcrumbs, mm. and then you fry it." And he was like, "Hmm, okay." I'll stay vegetarian. I didn't know it was pork on the outside. I thought it was just bread. No, 
No, it's basically a, an egg a in a sausage, sausage yeah. in a spherical sausage of pink meat. I, I described a... them to Kevin and then when he was over and, and doing his food tour of British things, he had a scotch egg, like the most, it was probably £6.50 as well. It was an artisan scotch egg from a farmer's market and all of that with pork that had been hunted wild in the hills or whatever. And he ate it and he was a bit like, mm. Yeah, don't think I'd do that again. No, I just don't, don't get it. No, that money could have gone towards your wedding dress. You could have just gotten one from Lidl. Yeah, well, I did buy a wedding dress that was six pounds, but it doesn't fit. So, <laughs> but the search continues. Oh no! <laughs> Which would I rather do? Go wedding dress shopping or be forced to eat a Scotch egg? That's quite, oh, no, quite a choice. Yeah. Okay, so Chips has been at at the London Bike Show and there's a big piece on the classified hub on the website that you wrote about that, isn't there? Yes. And lots Classif of questions. Lots of questions, lots of comments. There was like 45 comments the last time I looked. Um, and someone was saying, oh, well, this isn't new. It's been out a couple of years, but this is the, the first showing of the mountain bike version of the classified hub, which mm -hmm. is has a stronger hub and it's it's all waterproof uh, and it has mountain bike ratios but it's effectively a two-speed hub so that then gives mm. your bike two by 12 gears because uh, which... we've never had that before well, well not uh... not multiple not multiple gears <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. know if did we have we had two by 11 i can't remember if we had two by 12 briefly no I think so. I don't think they have had two by twelve. No, we had three by. Um, of course, there's duplication, so you only get sixteen gears, sixteen unique gears, out of it. And everyone's been saying, "What's the point?" Or Sturmy Archer does does one for a tenth the price. It, it weighs a lot mm. more, and you need a cable, and and uh, the and it's yes, it's heavy and reasonably inefficient. But hey, you could buy ten of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it's I, they've made a road version, and that's been yes. out there. And then you know they haven't imploded and lost all their money, and they've still made a mountain bike version, which would suggest that it has some merit. Yeah, Surely. I think well, they've they, already started making. It. <clears throat> yeah, how how hard can it be? Yes, <laughs> um, they they have a lot of backers. They have a uh, I think there's a couple of road pros have invested in the company, so that's where they're getting their the cash from um but it does have a road pros with money that seems like a oxymoron no the road scenes are um it's funny if you do go to a to a road race you see how different the scale is in terms of the the business hmm. um i went to the tour of flanders recently and just seeing the just the amount of the team trucks and the team cars and the team buses and the, all the support crew and and everything it's a huge scene whereas mountain biking is still pretty tin pot to be fair even at a world cup race you, you're still you know you've got a, a a a little trailer with that folds out and you've got mechanics and stuff but that's there's no kind of luxury team coach and and a multiple yeah that's it well the the bigger teams do have misses misses uh but 
yeah the the scale is just so different but then so were the crowds you know there was mm. probably a million but people trans- running the running course so that translates into wages for individual riders because certainly in the women's pro road field doesn't translate into much it's wages. i think it is getting there now uh, finally um mm. and there is uh, there is more parity in prize money and stuff i don't think wages yet but um even then it's still a, a richer scene being being a road pro than a mountain bike pro okay oh well so those are the people that are investing in this, this in the hub. classified hub yes so basically it's a it's a two-speed hub and it lets you have uh effectively i was talking to ross about it it's if you think of it more like an instant three gear change so you ride in what would be the the big ring and you get to a corner and there's a there's a climb or there's a tricky set of rocks to navigate you've got instant shifting uh into your what would be your small ring and you can do that it takes whatever 150 milliseconds so it's virtually instant and you're then in a completely different ratio of gears and we were trying to think of where you know is this just a kind of pro racer thing where you'd need that kind of um instant gear shifting and we think yes probably uh, mm. especially because it's quite expensive but um perhaps things like uh if you're doing on-site enduro racing or on-site trail trail riding and you don't know the the terrain up ahead of you you can uh, you can shift instantly under power mm-hmm. or you can shift when you're not pedaling as well which is really handy so you can descend and be in the correct gear for the climb even if you don't know there's a climb coming i wonder if it'll get hooked up with e-bikes in some way with like the that trek pro oh it's not trek is it the bosch pro um race motor that was mm-hmm. on the trek like yeah teamed up with that for super fast shifting and super fast racing and then it'll know where you are on the course and shift for you and uh, and then robots will take over the world Mm. predictive shifting we had a thing about that there was a an e-bike out with predictive shifting Mm -hmm. so that's what my uncle colin's waiting for he said he's going to get into mountain biking when that's a thing right Predictive shifting, checking in predictive steering, and then yeah, and then you can close your eyes and be in the flow zone as much as you like. Predictive weather. <laughs> so Amanda, what have you been up to? I've I've not been anywhere, and I've really enjoyed it. I uh, so I've got a test bike that by the time this podcast is out will be revealed, and it's got me out of the lull I was in of looking out the window and thinking the trails will still be wet or I might get wet while I'm out and it's not worth it. I've been out in the, I mean, the wind has been bad. It's been raining. It's been cold. And I've just gone out in any weather because I'm enjoying this bike so much. And it's a GT sensor. It's the ST. So the shorter travel one. So 120 mil trail bike with, what tyres has it got? It's got a recon at the back and a dissector at the front. So I looked at it and I've got bad memories of a recon race on something. 
Um, Haven't we all got bad memories of a recon? (laughs) Well, I think a recon race must be the... That's the one that doesn't cast any shadows at all. Yeah. 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 So I I looked at it and thought, oh, God, but I'll take it out as is. And it just, it's the perfect tyre combo for this bike. I've been, the, the trails are wet and I've ridden some dry stuff. And I just seem to, I just fit it perfect. I'm having so much fun on it. I've got plenty of traction despite it having quite good pedally tyres. So I've been going further on it. I've not, I've not had a bad experience on it. Just having a great Damn time. Damn it, with so. faint praise there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just got me really excited about riding out the door again. I uh, So I had a joint birthday weekend planned at Dovey Bike Park. Um, and I didn't go because I didn't have a car share and it's quite a long way to go especially in the vehicle I was left with Um, and I thought I don't have the right bike for it even though I've not been there I've looked at videos and thought you don't want to take a 120 mil trail bike there so I was a bit sore about not going until I just rode out the door didn't spend any money all weekend and had a great time and uh, the reason I didn't have a vehicle was because my partner took the van to the Dirty Reaver. Which so he had a miserable time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I I mean, me and Hannah have both written columns about the Dirty Reaver. Mine was the probably the most negative thing I've ever written and experienced. But you were hallucinating after an allergic reaction to a bug bite, to be fair. I know, but I, I've tried to imagine... So it was really nice weather when I went. It was the year that they did it in September instead of April. Mm. Um, It was lovely weather. It was a really nice group of people. Even if I was on top form, I can't imagine that I would have enjoyed it. It's just the worst day I've had on a bike. Everything looks the same. You can't get to the end of it and then... You know when you've done some, you've done a big ride with people, and you're like, "Oh, and that bit here that was, you know, or I love those corners." It's, what can you say? Do you remember that gravelly, flat corner that you nearly died on? That led into that trees. straight bit of gravel with the same view in the background. I am. This I'm very like negative of, about it. This is laps of killed forest, is it? Yeah. It's not laps. It's. It's okay. just one big loop of Kielder One big loop yeah. of identical gravel roads. Well, that's gravel bike riding, isn't it? That's yeah, su- southern gravel. It's what... So I'm, I am told I'm wrong Did you have about a, it. That's where you need your aero gravel bike and your shorts with the pockets in. And, yeah. uh, and you know, your, your helmet with a little bungee on it. Mm, well, when I did it, it was rough enough that I think those, like roady gravel bikes that are for kansas would have been hard work because it's yeah the gravel's quite big although Mm -hmm. it is that like gravel road that goes on forever in the forest it yeah the lumps of actual gravel are are quite chunky Um, well mm. i'm told by people that enjoy gravel that it is it is a brilliant event that's what a gravel race should be because say there's grinduro that is kind of implied that it's a gravel race but it's not or an event yeah um i don't know what else there is there's things that are 50 50 where you know there's sort of 
recovery tarmac in them. But the Dirty Reaver is just dirty for the entirety of it. Um, and there's no signal, so you can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a tough day out. <laughs> you you were questioning why why anyone would do it, and I would say that it's it might be similar in thought to the Strathpuffer, which is a for people who don't know twenty four hour race in the north of Scotland in the middle of winter. Then there's seventeen hours of darkness, and it usually rains all the time, apart from when it snows or freezes over. Um, and I've I've done that, and the only reason for doing it is anything you do for the rest of the year is going to be easier. So you're going to appreciate anything. You're going to love where you live. You're going to uh, any bike ride is going to be more fun than doing that. So so you're going to have more fun in general. But at the Strathpuffer, you can stop at any point because it's in laps. The dirty river, mm-hmm. there's no escape. But I do, I appreciate that sort of setting your perception of what is the most discomfort you can be in. I mean, I think I did that this year riding across a country. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's too big. I wouldn't look at a 200 kilometer ride and think that's far. I'd just think that's X amount of food required. But yeah, I don't know. There's, more, there's different ways of setting yeah, what's too difficult. But it's just boring. It's not so much difficult as boring, isn't it? It's, well, that's maybe the... it, that's it. Maybe it's the mental challenge. It's not a physical. I mean, it is. It's hard, but maybe it's not to set the physical limit. It's to test your mental strength. Because if you can push yourself through two hundred kilometers of the same gravel where there's no bailout option and there's no way of ringing a taxi, then you're probably capable of anything. It's a bit like that riding I did in Iceland where you just endlessly pedalled and never stood up <laughs> and just pedalled. The wind was pedalled some more. Yeah, you need and yeah, you definitely need to break that one up into like little sections with a power meter and things. It's a different frame of mind. I had a had a friend in the states who was doing one of the epic uh, snow races like the arrowhead or whatever it was so you know it's like two days of racing and snow and his his training for it included going to a shopping center and sort of sitting where they have the you know the food court and the little fountain with with the pennies in and just sitting there and just facing the wall for four hours and just seeing if he could tune everything out and just get his mind to the to a sort of zen state and just concentrate on staring at a wall. Before if I had to be out. in a shopping centre, that sounds like a pretty good activity to do, to be honest. That's where me and Hannah would be hiding in a shopping centre. <laughs> staring at the wall, listening to the fountain. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so... But but you were saying I, I should do it, because I've, I've, for some somehow, we, conveniently never been around when yeah, it's been on. we just want you to you, suffer. Yeah. Oh, I actually think we should all do it next year. No, I yeah. There's there's a different approach from all of us. Chips, oh. there's time. See how you feel about it. I'll try to not have the second worst day I've ever had on a bike. I could do it with a new husband. Oh, he'd oh love I'd love that. you for that. Yeah, would he be he'd riding do it on a in downhill his bike? Hearts. Yeah, downhill bike with car hearts. Oh, the chafing. 
Yeah, we could see whether the relationship survives the <laughs> You could do it on a tandem. Oh, you know, totally tandems, I've always that. said, are relationship magnifiers. Oh, that'd be so nice to have company around it. Ten hours of... Well, it wouldn't be good Same. if one of you had an upset stomach. Well, I, I think... Which, it... which is quite possible after ten or twelve hours of gels. <laughs> No, well, that, I suppose that I, I might be persuaded to do it again for the story of doing it again with another husband. <laughs> with then, another husband? husband. Hey, did you do it? <laughs> I did it last time with the other husband. <laughs> so, yeah, could do it Could do it with the new husband and introduce the, the free rider to British gravel riding as just an extreme contrast. Mm. He does admit that there is gravel in his future somewhere. I'm not supposed not... to mean that public, though. Right <laughs> now, would he treat yeah. it as a race? Because it's the dirty river. Definitely is not a race. Not a race. No, he wouldn't treat it as a race. No. Is it one not of those a race, not a race where it goes as fast as, yeah. as fast as possible? There's and the rush just... to get into the first group in your skin suit with your time trial bars on, and all your fuel in your hydration pack so you don't have to physically move your hand off the bar and eat. Okay. Yeah, because you can't eat one-handed on it. That's a real problem. Like, it is bumpy enough that you kind of need both hands on the bars most That's of the time. That's why I didn't eat. Aside from the fact that I'd been sick and was not in a good way, it, there was no point where I thought, I'll reach and get that bar. Or I'll lean over and get that banana. I just thought, oh, at some point I'll be able to take my hands off the bar. And that was 200 kilometres in at the end. (laughs) Yeah, the year I did it, there were no sandwiches. All the feed stations, there was nothing savoury. Apart from one that had boiled potatoes, which I really didn't want Mm. a boiled potato. Boiled potatoes are good. It was the same when I did it. It was little um, cupcake what do you call them? The little cases that you make cupcakes in. Cupcake case. It was those with like four Haribos in. Oh, right. Like a yeah. pill shot. Yeah, there was there were too many, there was too much sweet stuff anyway. Um, but okay, you have, you have now planted the idea of doing it again. Just so, a uh, sort of suffering. On that kind of stuff, quite often I, I've, conversation turns to food and Mm. my favorite topic for that kind of thing is to try to come up with savory energy bar flavors so so we should see if we can come up with a what do your savory energy bar flavor of the week be Mm. well see this is where i think doing this doing this thing with a new husband might be i might be onto something because he's quite big on trail snacks Mm mm-hmm is quite good at, at trail snacks and unusual Okay, things. I have a request then. A Peshwari-flavoured bar. So it's got coconut, raisins, whatever. And it can go with my curry-flavoured bar. I think you might regret a curry-flavoured bar now. after about five hours. When you start burping uh, your, your curry bar. Oh, somebody did do a, a selection of curry-flavoured kind of nut bars that were mildly curry flavoured and you had to be in the right mood for them 
Because at I've least I've got some taco flavored cereal bars. Some Taco flavored. They were in the apocalypse shop. They clearly hadn't sold. They kind were of they taco flavored when they were in date. <laughs> <laughs> My kids have refused to eat them. Hmm, strange. <laughs> they just kind of just t- don't taste of anything. They don't really taste like tacos either. No. But they look like some... they should be sweet and they're not. I got some free uh, lip balm from a, uh, a grill company. They made, you know, um, camping grills. And it was at a show and they were like, here's, have some free chapstick. And they had one that was marshmallow flavoured uh, mm-hmm. chapstick and then one that was bacon flavoured. And it, it was as horrible as it sounds. <laughs> Very bacony. Sure it, it wasn't just sure lard scraped up out of a frying pan after you'd fried some bacon and then <laughs> packed it into a tube. <laughs> you were laughing when you walked away. <laughs> yes. Oh, someone took one. Wait till he puts that on. So. Okay. So. Halloumi so if, would be my energy halloumi. bar. Halloumi. Halloumi I'll energy just bars. Eat halloumi. Yeah. You don't yeah, bother just... with the energy bar, just have halloumi. Well, I think, you know, just a bar shape and just with strips of fried halloumi. That's cheating. Make an Is energy it? bar, slice some halloumi. Yeah. You've not made anything there. <laughs> oh, I'm very sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm all for real food flavor? things. Um, mm. Well, I suppose if you go to anyone who goes to Peebles will hopefully have been to Forsyth's Bakers. And had a either a macaroni or a lasagna pie, which or are both. well, or both, yes. And they're That's what I did. It's great. It's like a thousand calorie snack. You only need two of those, and that's your daily recommended oh, <laughs> intake of. I like I like eating marzipan. Mm-hmm. No. no, I do that's wish right. I could eat the the pies from four sides. I have bought one of each flavor, but they were to deliver to chips. Mm-hmm. Right. They were allergic to 90% of the ingredients in them. Oh. Well, you, see, I'm, not, I'm not really into the whole energy bar fake food thing, but you do need to be able to breathe and swallow while eating. And so that does put things like a macaroni pie kind of out of the picture, I think. <laughs> yes, because you'd sort of get it in your mouth and then there'd be a technical section and you'd be trying to ride with both hands on the bars while not aspirating a macaroni pie mm. i did once though uh put a shock block in my mouth while doing a hilly road time trial and i put it in my mouth at just the wrong point and then <laughs> nearly suffocated <laughs> that was terrible oh, yeah i didn't anyway. know you'd ever done a time trial i did I did a road race, like a, a three three events in two days road race with Beata. And we were in the local newspaper afterwards. I don't think we mentioned that we... I certainly, I think Beata was with me, we got dropped by the safety car before the race had actually started in, in one of the rounds. Yeah. Yes. Um, um the... Uh... <laughs> The the three piece three pick cyclocross race is similar to that in that there's, it says that the start is neutralized for the first five miles and mm. having spoken to the guy that drove the car he said oh no I just go the speed of the fastest riders, 
Yeah, and it was so... really fast. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, I think I caught up with them the because there was a car accident. It was, it was quite <laughs> fortunate that they'd been in an accident. The road was closed, so I caught up with them all. Yeah. Um, wow. and then and then somebody got kicked off their bike by a horse as well um that was fairly dramatic too just put me in fear of horses while on bikes mm. yes i think reese was in that race he's that can't have happened to more than one person i think it was a women's race so i don't think reese was in it Oh. It was a women's only one. That has happened more than once then. <laughs> so do fear the horse. Oh, yeah. I, anyway, I think horses are well worth all of this... treating with Sorry? respect. And horses, <laughs> like if, yeah. if horses had been invented like today and someone said, right, I've invented this thing. It's like it weighs a ton <laughs> and it's kind of this big and it's got, it's got, you know, it, it can do stuff that it's told occasionally and sometimes it does stuff that it wants to do anyway. And you don't want it standing on your foot, you know. How about we let them on the roads and let them on the trails? And people go, "You what?" <laughs> but uh, but fortunately, horses, uh, we've, we've, as mountain bikers, we've managed to benefit greatly from their organisedness and lobbying for for trails. So uh, so well worth uh, treating with uh, kindness and respect. <laughs> And anyway, fear. to segue to segue back from all of that to the website, there is a uh, if you want to talk about the Dirty Reaver, there's a big long forum thread to to join and chat about that. Chips has got a classified article on the website. Classified as well. story. If you want to complain about the price and say that you could buy ten Stormy Archer two speed hubs for that, then you go ahead. Uh, you'll be mm -hmm. in good company. And and there's nothing on the website for my stuff because it's all secret, or it'll be in the magazine. So okay, yeah. Well, mm. I look forward to revealing that. Yes. Oh God, I've got a lot of things to write. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so end of yeah. end of this week, I'm I'm going to be riding across Wales. Um, I'm doing the three day Transcambrian um, route from Knighton to McCuntleth. So that's me for the weekend. What's everyone else doing? I'm going to speed love. <laughs> Yay! Oh. Sorry, I was distracted then. I was just converting watts to horsepower. Oh my uh, <laughs> You've changed. <laughs> curious. And how many watts um, do you have to put out to, to be one horse? So my my threshold is point three of a horse, which is a Shetland, I reckon. <laughs> Nice. What, did, what were we talking about? I was distracted. I'm going to Tweed Love. That's what I'm doing. I'm not racing them because I don't race. I'm gonna. Uh, one of my friends is seeded, so I'm gonna go and heckle him and support everyone else. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Give them all my regards. It's a fun, I think I'm, fun event. I think I'm tidying my house. It's really boring. Cool. But yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't go anywhere significant because I am vehicleless. Um, having sold my old one to a very enthusiastic mechanic, enthusiastic mechanic yesterday. Uh, so yeah, I guess I have to do wedding dress shopping. Uh, you should. I'm tidying my house. Mm. Um, if you don't have transport, but you do have a bike, I find it's fun to get a train quite far away and then ride back because you oh. have to make it back. 
Yeah, I don't think my kids would appreciate being towed along on such an adventure. That might not go down too well. Yeah. So I also have to entertain my kids this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to go and ride a bike at some point, though, because I am now allowed to ride a bike again. And riding bikes is great. Very I might good. go for a run. No, Calm down. Don't, don't push it. Okay, well, uh, so what before we go, by the time this podcast goes out, there will be a survey on the website that is um, being done by a British, British guy called Rupert, and um, it's in conjunction with Imba, but it's a specific mountain bikers of the UK survey, and they're looking to get um, kind of perspectives on trails and uh what trails we ride and how we experience nature as we do so and that kind of thing and it looks like quite a good piece of work so um head to the website that'd be interesting and... because imber has never really understood the uk as far as i can tell so mm. uh, it's it's about time it did there was an imber uk chapter and their one achievement was actually designing the Transcambrian route, which I'm riding this weekend, by amazing coincidence. Oh, look at that, yes. But they didn't so, really know what else to do, because they were like, oh, you've already got trail access, and uh, oh, and uh, mm, right. I think they, they helped design some very dull uh, um, tra trails in a Welsh forest as well. Because it was all about... Yes, all about, no, we don't want tight switchbacks and we don't want people, you know, using their brakes. And so you have to do these like, massive uphill switchbacks so that you don't have to brake. But they, they were a bit dull to ride. Anyway. Well, the, yes, go to the website. Tell them and fill on in the, the website. Survey. Yes, it'll be up by the time this goes out. Okay, that'd be pretty good. I think they need yeah. to know. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's Waffle. Um, yeah. <laughs> can this you is hear what the geese? When... Yeah, I can hear uh. the geese. I thought the geese outro. Amanda has such a love-hate relationship with these geese. I love these two out my window. I hate the one at the summit pub that attacked me. Yeah, but you don't like <laughs> oh, that one out your window. Can we include uh, the sound of me getting attacked by a goose? Uh, I'm sure we we'll can it, splice we'll, it we'll in. put it in here, yeah. Goose. Chips, <laughs> have you not seen? Oh, I'll send you the video. It's no, really okay. Good. I know I've been attacked by this goose before, so I had my camera rolling, thinking he'll probably go for me again, and he did. You were luring the goose. I wasn't. I was running past it, but he thinks that I'm after his eggs. That was entrapment. You were there deliberately lowering the goose towards no, you by running past with a camera. It's exactly five kilometres away from my house, so it's at the turning point if I'm running ten kilometres. 
So in his mind, I've gone past, I've spotted his nest, I've thought, I'll have that. So I've turned around to get it, and that's why he goes for me. I worked it out, so I'm just not running that far anymore. Okay. <laughs> Amanda is also available for goose psychoanalysis. I'm keen for someone to help me build a bridge for the ones outside my window. I'm keen for someone to do some psychoanalysis on Amanda. <laughs> Why do you need a goose bridge? The, the ones, Clarence and Alabama, my geese, that have lived outside my window for a, a while. <laughs> Sorry, um, hang on. Clarence and Alabama. Those are the geese. Good, good goose, goose names. And uh, so their nest is in, in like a little tucked away next to the bridge and they can just about get to the nest so when the goslings hatch they can't get back in the nest and they drown every year geese are terrible parents they either lose them just forget that they've got children or they make it so the children can't get home in this case so i was thinking if i if i fashion a bridge then they can get back in Oh, see, I, I thought you were talking about an emotional bridge between you and Alabama, <laughs> but you mean an actual real bridge. Actual with, physical with bridge for the children to get stats. back in. Wow. Because I'm, I'm sick of every year, and they're getting more aggressive because every year they, they just go, oh, where have my children gone? Oh, we'll try again next year. So I think they're getting more aggressive because they've been failing to keep the litter alive is it a litter probably not brood <laughs> brood i think brood yeah they for three years in a row now they've all died so okay have it yeah okay so get crafting any um small bridge builders out there you can contact amanda <laughs> at goose puncher at single folk world <laughs> okay I've got to make this podcast stop or I'm not going to be able to breathe anymore. <laughs> it was self-defence. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everybody. Until next time. Watch out for geese and horses. <laughs> we'll see you next time.